Thank you for having me. I'm very grateful that my plane made it on time. <laughs> I don't know, it's 20 past midday, my body clock is on. So we should be all right for a while. <laughs> I didn't have any afternoon naps when I was in California. Um, so it's great to be here. The last time I was here was um, three years ago, uh, I think three years ago in November. And uh, I'm not going to bore you with my... Uh, my journey of the last three years, because that's not what I'm here to talk about this evening. Perhaps one day I'll come and share a bit more about it. But the uh, something very traumatic in our lives happened in January 2016, and um, and it was all connected to our church community. And then uh, in November, when I was here, the day that I was here three years ago, uh, we received some some totally life changing news on the back of previous life changing news. So uh, I was sort of here is a sort of slightly out-of-body experience in that my heart and my mind were somewhere else when I was here. So I can happily say, despite the fact that I'm jet-lagged, I'm, I'm here in one piece. Uh, I have to say that, um, that I, the flight that we came back on, it's an 11-hour flight from um, San Francisco, and it was the worst turbulence on this plane that I have ever been through. No sleep. It was literally like driving... If I hadn't known we were in the air... It was like driving on a car on an African, in an African road, literally. The whole plane was shaking. Not very pleasant. Um, and I was sort of, you know, I got to the point where I thought, actually, I should really pray. You know, this is quite scary. Uh, and I did pray. And then I sort of began to rationalise. I got to that point of thinking, um, I'm sure planes don't actually crash. I don't think that turbulence is one of the reasons that, that planes kind of crash but you know when you can see the wing flapping outside and everything it was really quite bad and uh, so, so I was engaging my rational brain and thinking I, I, I'm sure they say this is the one of the things that don't cause planes to come down and then I mean he did leave it to be fair he left it quite a long time but eventually the captain uh, sort of got on the tannoy and uh, he sort of announced that this had been particularly bad and actually it was probably going to carry on for another half hour. Uh, you know, this was after like an hour and a half. Of, and um, he said, it's probably going to carry on for another half hour, but then it should be okay. And um, in that moment, to hear his voice and to think, oh, you do know what's going on. And you do sound quite peaceful about it. And, it, you know, you don't sound worried and you think we're all going to be okay. And, uh, you know, in half an hour, you think it's going to be, you know, I did look at my watch and think, right, that means at quarter past whatever. <laughs> And it just struck me afresh, you know, thinking about coming here this evening and talking about how we hear God in order to be led by God. We, you know, when that captain spoke over the tannoy in that moment, it changed everything for me because he was in charge, he was in control, he knew what he was doing. And I could at that point in time stop rationalizing, stop, you know, searching about information about, you know, my brain about turbulence and what was going to happen to us. And I could just listen to him hear what he had to say and the confidence with which he said it. And I was able, you know, okay, within limitations, but to relax and think we're going to get through this. And actually it is a picture of what happens when God speaks to us. You know, we've been designed to hear from our Heavenly Father because he made us and he designed life. And, you know, he's a God who speaks, isn't he? I hope you all believe that. He's a God who speaks today. He's the living word He's alive and he's the living word. We have his written word, but he says he's the living word. And Jesus said, didn't he, that man doesn't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So God speaks today. 
And I think it's the most fundamental desire in our hearts when we've, when we've begun a relationship with God to hear his voice. I, you know, if I asked you to raise your hand if you want to hear God speak to you more, I know you'd all put your hands up. Because there's this desire in us, isn't there? This deep desire to hear God speak, to hear his voice, his personal voice for me, you know, in all kinds of different scenarios. And when he speaks, things happen, don't they? We either get reassured or we get some direction or we get encouraged or we get courage put into us or we find some peace or whatever. So in this, you know, bit of time that we've got, I'm going to speak a bit about listening to him and how we listen to him and, you know, hopefully give us a few tips that might help, you know, us press on in our journey of listening to God because actually it's not, a, it's not an exact science, you know, we're all different, we're all unique, we will all have our own experience, you know, we all have our own journey with Jesus, and we all have our own experience of hearing God or not hearing God, but we're all on a journey with it, nobody's arrived, I haven't arrived, just because I've got the microphone doesn't mean I'm the expert, you know, I've been practicing for a few years, and like with anything, the more you practice, the better you get at it, but nobody arrives, so anybody who stands, you know, and tells you this is how to do it, and that's it, they've got it nailed, then, you know, I think it was only Jesus that, you know, got it completely right but it's good to revisit it um so I, you know we god speaks and i think god's speaking all the time do you know women apparently we speak on average twenty thousand words a day i think i think maybe men speak about five maybe so <laughs> if they can get a word in edgeways in my household i have three sons and a daughter actually one of my sons can give me quite a good run for my money but you know i'm on twenty thousand words a day and i'm made in the image of god So I don't know how many thousand words he speaks a day, but he is speaking all the time. And um, the fact that we don't hear him in the way that we might want to doesn't mean that God's not speaking. It means that we just need to learn to get better at hearing his voice. Um, God wants to speak to you. I hope you know that. God wants to speak to you. God does speak to you. God's been speaking to you today, actually whether you have heard him or not, whether you've recognized his voice. He's been speaking to you today. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to be uh, somebody who hears his voice. How do we know that? Because in the book of John, it's always good to root things in the Bible. In the book of John, you know, to be familiar to, to many of you, what does Jesus say in John 10? He says, my sheep hear my voice. There's this passage in John 10. I don't know if any of you have got a Bible and want to, to look it up. Um, but he's talking you know, he, he, he's giving a bit of spiel about the shepherd and the sheep. And the gate, he's the gate. And then there's, you know, somebody that comes in who's the thief, whatever. And in the midst of this passage of talking about the sheep and the shepherd, and he's the gate and he's the good shepherd and all of that. And he knows his sheep and his sheep know him. In the middle of this passage about sheep and the shepherd and him speaking and them recognizing his voice, he interjects his statement that we all know so well, I've come that you might have life in all its fullness. And the Bible consistently in Isaiah in the Old Testament connects having life with hearing God's voice. We don't get life from obeying commandments. I hope you know that as New Testament, New Covenant Christians, life isn't found in being obedient. Life is found in listening to the voice of your father. Yes, if you love him and you trust him, you'll walk with him and put what he says into practice. But it's the relationship, it's hearing God's voice that leads to life. You know, when Jesus was transfigured 
And he had his three closest friends with him. And, you know, who knows what he looked like? Blinding, you know, majestic. I can imagine it must have been incredible. But what God said in that moment was, this is my son who I love and I'm well pleased with him. And then he says, listen to him. He doesn't say watch him. He doesn't say obey him. He doesn't say follow him. He says, listen to him. Because when we hear God's voice, he leads us into life. We've heard his voice about who his son is. And we've, you know, that was our, our, our step into life in the kingdom and eternal life. But actually we have this journey. We've been invited into this relationship, which is a journey into more and more experience of that life. Now it's like going after the promised land of life. And we go in, we, 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 we experience more of God's life through hearing his voice. And so there's this connection between hearing his voice, which is why it's so important to, to you know, keep as uh, followers of Jesus, as his children, learning and improving and practicing hearing his voice. So Jesus describes us as sheep, doesn't he, in that passage? Who hears his voice? Sheep. Not leaders who stand on stages, not leaders of churches, not prophetic people, not really quality Christians who just get everything right or have done a journey for a long, long time. The only criteria for hearing his voice is if you're a sheep. And I don't know about you, but I find that really comforting because sheep are known for their stupidity. Do you know that? I mean, I could say plenty of other things about sheep. I hope there, there's always some sheep lovers around, people who come from Wales or whatever. But, but sheep are known for their stupidity. They are not known for their intelligence. They are not known for their strength. They are known for their stupidity. In uh, 2005, in Turkey, this is a true story, a sheep jumped off a cliff. Um, I don't think anybody knows why. But then another 1,500 sheep that were watching that sheep jump off the cliff, they jumped off the cliff after that sheep. 450 of them died until the pile of dead sheep was so big that it began to cushion the extra 1,000 sheep that were jumping off the cliff. Sheep are stupid. <laughs> they are not very intelligent and they follow the crowd. And even when there isn't a crowd, sheep are prone to wandering off and getting lost. And I find it really reassuring to know that it's sheep who hear the shepherd's voice. Why did Jesus pick sheep, you know, not cheetahs that are really cool and sleek and fast or elephants that are, you know, why did he pick sheep? Well, I think it's because they're the only animal, as far as I can see, that are dependent on someone else for their well-being. Most animals are okay in the wild. They are, they are okay. They survive in the wild. But sheep are stuffed without a shepherd. I mean, literally, they cannot survive without a shepherd. They can't find food. They can't find safety. They can't stay together. They can't look after themselves. They don't last long if they're not being looked after. And I think Jesus picked the image of sheep because we are people who need a shepherd. And it's a beautiful picture of relationship. Because sheep, do, you know, sheep don't have maps 
about how to get from this field to the next field or how to find the still water. They, you know, they're no good with sat-nav or whatever. They can't smell where the food is coming from. You know, they're not predators like other animals. They need to be led. And so they have to have a relationship with the shepherd and the shepherd is the one that takes care of the sheep. So life is really straightforward for sheep. All they need, they need to know one thing. They need to know the voice of the shepherd. And if they know the voice of their shepherd, they're okay. Which is a beautifully simple picture of the relationship with God that we're invited into. We don't need to know all the rules. We don't need to be super intelligent and have got life worked out. We don't have to have read all the self-help books. You know, we don't need to be super wise to, to experience life in its fullness. We just need to know the voice of our shepherd. That's it. And I've been on this hugely challenging journey in the last three years. And I know many of you will have been on your own challenging journeys. You know, where you're facing trouble, where you're facing challenges that are so huge, you don't even want to get out of bed in the morning. And you can't imagine how you're going to get from here to where you want to get to, or whether you're going to overcome what you're facing, or what your future is going to look like, or whatever. And in those moments, what a relief to know, I don't need to figure all of that out. I just need to know the voice of my shepherd. My shepherd's the one that's going to tell me how to get from here to where I need to get to, to the green pasture or to the still water. You know, as, as David says in Psalm 23, that's all we need to know. We need a shepherd and we need to know his voice. And the thing about sheep is, even if they're brilliant sheep, there's never a promotion for sheep. We don't ever get to make it to being the shepherd. We, get, we just need to be sheep all our lives. So therefore, the, the journey of becoming an expert at hearing the voice of our father never ends. It never ends. So um, I want to talk, as I said, about how we sort of tune in to his voice because it's his voice we need for direction. It's his voice we need for encouragement. It's his voice we need actually for healing. It's his voice that will heal you. You know, it's his voice that we need to, um, for, to know who we are, to discover who we really are. It's his voice to hear, you know, how he wants to lead us uh, into the life that he's planned for us, more of the life that he's... It's his voice we need to hear when we need warning. It's his voice we need to hear when we're on a dangerous uh, path. It's his voice that we need to hear when we need lies in our lives exposing because they're leading us off track. His voice, he, he wants to speak to us about all of it. And the thing about God's voice is God's voice creates life, doesn't it? You know, how did, how did life begin at the beginning of, of time with God speaking? How did Gideon begin on his journey towards leading the army uh, of Israel, this, this man who was hiding in a wine press, it, it began with God's voice calling him who God saw him to be, mighty warrior. How did Mary end up carrying, you know, Jesus? An angel turned up and said, this is what's going to happen to you. You know, all the stories of God's people in the Bible doing incredible things and, and becoming more of who God had created them to be began with God speaking to them. He's, when he speaks, he leads us, as I said, into life. So, given that, therefore, the re one responsibility of a sheep 
is to hear God's voice. It hinges on our hearing, not on whether he speaks. How can we get better at discerning his voice from the other voices that we hear? Because we hear our own voices, don't we? You will have had lots of conversations with yourselves today as you've been going throughout your day. I hope you've been being kind to yourselves today (laughs) in in what you've been saying in your heads. We also hear the voice of the enemy. I'm sure, again, You know, you're aware of that. We hear all kinds of stuff that he says to us. I don't believe that it was a loud voice in the Garden of Eden. I think Eve heard that voice probably in her head just like we do. You know, she was was human and we hear his voice as well. And we hear God's voice. So how do we discern which is his voice? Because it's tempting to think that when God speaks, you know, he's going to be like fireworks. And oh, that's it. That's God. Because, you know, if it's God speaking, surely we're going to recognize him. But if you remember in the story of Samuel, God was calling Samuel, wasn't he? But when Samuel was a boy and Samuel thought it was Eli. So God was speaking and Samuel just thought, oh, that's a voice that I already know in my life. Just because God was speaking, Samuel didn't recognize it as a different voice. And God's voice, when we hear him speak to us, doesn't sound any different, as it were, inside us than the other voices that we hear, my voice or the enemy's voice. It's just learning to recognize uh, whose voice it is. So how do we begin, well not begin, because some of you will have been on this journey, but you know, how, how do we recognize, how do we tell, do we tell um, which God's voice is? Because you can all hear his voice. If you have a relationship with Jesus and you are a child of God, you can hear his voice. And you hear his voice more than you think you do. The thing is, we need to, we need to recognize what, what happens, as it were, in our spirits. Because God speaks to us in our spirits, doesn't he? So, so, so you have a receiver in you. In my, uh, in my home, in my boy's bedroom, is our Wi-Fi box. And it's plugged in. And, uh, you know, it's like the, the key, core, valuable thing in the house that we all need to be functioning. And if it goes off, what a crisis, what a nightmare. So the Wi-Fi box is in the house. And, and most of the time it's working, which enables us to obviously, like in your houses, connect to the internet and everything. The Holy Spirit is like the Wi-Fi box, as it were, in us. The Holy Spirit came to live in you when you began your relationship with Jesus. And he's like the Wi-Fi box. And he's connected to God. You know, if you think of God being like the internet, he's connected to God. It says in Corinthians, doesn't it, that, you know, he makes, he takes what, what is God's and makes it known to us. And Jesus says that as well. And we have to kind of log on, as it were, or tune in to that Wi-Fi receiver, to him and hear what he's saying. And he speaks to us in our spirits. And so that means learning to recognize the voice in your spirit. So let me give you an example. What day is it tomorrow? Tuesday. Okay. Imagine on Wednesday morning, I don't know what plans you've got for Wednesday morning, but just imagine for a moment that your alarm goes off half an hour late on Wednesday morning. I just want you to think for a couple of moments about the implications of that for you. Okay. Done that? And now I want you to imagine a cup of steaming coffee and a warm donut. Okay. Do you notice a difference in what happened in your mind, as it were, 
between those two things. One of them was an image that was kind of just there. You didn't have to work hard to imagine your coffee or your donut, did you? Whereas when you were thinking about Wednesday morning, you were going through a, a rational process involving your brain, trying to find some points along the way to help you work out rationally what you were going to be doing. When God speaks to us, he doesn't speak through our rational brain. He doesn't speak through a series of rational thought processes. He speaks into our spirit in a spontaneous way. So some, a moment, one moment something isn't there, and the next moment it is. And we need to learn to get better at taking note of the thoughts that are there that are not there one moment and then there the next moment because those are very often the thoughts of the Holy Spirit. So they're spontaneous thoughts that are just there. Maybe it's a picture, maybe it's a name, maybe... And you'll find that it often happens when you pray. So I was praying a, a few years ago about um, one of my sons needed to move school, didn't know where to send him to school. And I was praying and I was saying, Lord, you know, where, where are we going to send Josh to school? I've got no idea. And he had to leave his school because my husband was changing jobs. And as I was praying this prayer, suddenly a name of a school in Cheltenham popped into my head. And I use that word pop deliberately because often when the Holy Spirit is speaking, something just pops into our minds. And this name just popped in there. And I could have just thought, that is ridiculous. How random. And tried to shove it out of the way so I could carry on with my praying. And some of you will do that. You'll be shoving things that God is trying to say to you out of the way because they feel like they're distracting. And actually, it's the Holy Spirit. Not always, but sometimes. So I took note of this name. I wrote it down. And then I said to my husband later on that day, you know, this name popped into my head when, when do you know where it is? I didn't even know where the school was. And it happened to be down the road, and we went to see it, and it happened to be, you know, the school that, that, you know, a miraculous place opened up for my son, and he ended up going there. And it all began with something popping into my head as I was praying, asking God to help me with something. So we need to take note of, and we need to get better at noticing the things that pop in, particularly when we are talking to God. I have a friend who... Um, who uh, She'd been to a conference and she'd been hearing about uh, praying for people and she, she decided, she, she went to bed one night and she said, Lord, I want you to wake me up in the night if you want me to pray for somebody. And uh, she was on a bit of a journey. Uh, she was a young woman at the time wanting to discover, you know, how to be used by God. And she woke up in the middle of the night a couple of nights later and she decided to assume that that was God instead of thinking, you know, if I had too much cheese. And so she just said to the Lord, you know, who do you want me to pray for? And into her head popped this image of a man on a motorbike in a crash. You know, lit random. It's the kind of thing, if I hadn't, if I, you know, hadn't learnt this and learnt how God speaks, I would have dismissed it and thought, oh my goodness, Hills, you are crazy. And, you know, again, shoved it out of the way and said, right, Lord, show me who to pray for. Anyway, she went with it and she started praying for this guy who'd, who you know, this image had had a motorbike crash, prayed, uh, and then turned over and went back to sleep. You know, she prayed for long enough and then just felt the sort of the need to pray had gone. Anyhow, a few months later, she starts going out with this chap, discovers that he had a motorbike accident. And she remembered that night when, you know, she'd been praying and um, it was him. You know, they worked out the day that he'd had this motorbike accident and it was the guy she's, you know, she married him. It's her husband. So simple, it would have been so easy for her to miss that. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't get out a trumpet and go, this is me, this is God. 
You know, we walk by faith, don't we, not by sight. And faith involves taking some risks and paying attention to some things that we could so easily dismiss, except that if we're really hungry to hear God speak and grow in our relationship with him, we'll take notice of them. So pay attention to the things that, that pop in. And I think we, are, we generally tend to pay more attention if we are asking God questions. Do you ask God questions in your walk with him? Do you ask Jesus questions? Because we're followers, we're disciples, we're learners. So actually we should have a relationship that involves lots of questions because we don't know it all. Well, I don't anyway. I'm learning. I'm learning about all kinds of things. So, you know, another example, I went through a phase um, a few years ago in our, or a number of years ago in our marriage where, um, you know, life was stressful, all kinds of things were happening. And I got to the point where literally I wanted to leave. I'll put my hand up. I wanted to leave. And actually one afternoon, one Sunday afternoon, um, I just decided I'd, I didn't decide I'd had enough and I was leaving, but I needed to just get out of the house and be irritated and be cross and be angry. And I got in the car and I drove off and I drove around the countryside for a couple of hours and I, was, I stopped the car and I prayed and I asked God what to do and there was no kind of response. And I got back and nobody in my family had even noticed that I'd left. <laughs> Can't believe it! Which made me even more angry. <laughs> so... I went upstairs and um, ignored them all and I ran a bath and I got into the bath and I just said, I cried out to the Lord and I said, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? I don't know how to move forward. What do I do? Show me what to do. And this little phrase popped into my head out of nowhere. Stop criticizing. That's, that's all he said. And you know, I knew it was the Lord because I could do that. If he'd give me some kind of high bar of things that I had to do that would be on my reach in that moment of time, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do it. But I knew as I heard that little phrase, I can do that. I just need to keep my mouth shut. And actually, you know, I did because I felt that was what God was saying to me. And it, just, it changed something within me that enabled me to walk forwards and bring a different heart and a different attitude to that whole season in my life. But we need to be asking, friends, we need to be asking God questions. What do I do? What do I do here? How do I pray for this member of my family? Why am I going around in circles? That was a question I asked the Lord a while ago. And he put his finger on something really specific that he wanted me to deal with in my life. Please show, you know, do you ask God to speak to you? Do you say, Lord, as I'm going to work today, would you speak to me? Do you say to him, show me what lies I'm believing that are really holding me up in life? Do you say to him, you know, show me, you know, I'd love for you to show me how you feel about me today. Or, or show me how you see me. Or, you know, take me to a passage of scripture and take me, teach me something new. What are you wanting to teach me in this season? Or what season of my life am I in? Do you ask him questions? Because when you're asking God questions, you're much more attuned to be looking for the answers. So when the things pop in, you go, oh, that joins up with that. Ask God questions. So how does you know, God respond? Well, he responds in lots of different ways. The main way, and I know I'm, you know I'm probably telling you to suck eggs, the main way he responds is through the Bible. And he responds when we're reading the Bible. If you're not reading your Bible, you're going to find it really hard to hear God. Not because that's the only way he speaks, but that's how we get to know who he is and his heart. 
And the more of the Bible that we've got within us, and the more we know God, the more we can recognize that's the kind of thing he'd say. Or that absolutely isn't the kind of thing he'd say. So 2017, uh, two years ago, um, so 18 months into uh, our sort of traumatic season, uh, my husband had a sabbatical, three-month sabbatical. And uh, our sabbatical began in the middle of June. And on day one, no, day two of our sabbatical, I needed to go back to the doctor for some uh, medical tests that I'd been having. And I took a friend with me. I hadn't told my husband because I thought, well, if there's, you know, if, it's, if there's nothing wrong here, no point in worrying him because he was on his knees with exhaustion and you know, everything else. And so I took a friend with me and I sat in the car with her outside uh, the, uh, the results place. And I, I said to her, and I used these words because we, we had a family holiday booked and then we had some time away. I said, I cannot cope with anything else. That's what I said to her. I cannot cope with anything else. I cannot be overshadowed. I cannot bear for anything to overshadow our sabbatical. We'd literally been crawling to the finish line. So I went into the doctor and got the, got the results that I had a malignant lump in my left breast. And they said, well, you need to have it removed. And I said, well, I'm going on holiday in two days' time. I'm going on a three-week holiday. I'm not, you know, cancelling that to have an operation. So, you know, the operation ended up being about six weeks later. And uh, I went home, told my husband. We decided not to tell the children because it was so traumatic. And uh, we ended up on holiday. Um, you know, we arrived on, in holiday a couple of uh, days later. And a friend of mine sent me a message, and she said, a friend that I had told, and she said, I just... You know, I love Psalm 91. Why don't you read Psalm 91? So I opened Psalm 91 up on my first morning there. And the first verse of Psalm 91, so I had been saying, Lord, what do I do? How do I get through this holiday and not wreck it for the family? You know, I don't want to be consumed with anxiety until I've had the operation. What do I do? And I opened Psalm 91, and the first verse says, He who finds shelter in the... Um, I can't remember it now. He who finds rest in the shelter of the Almighty. Somebody needs to read it. Um, he who rests in the shadow of the Almighty will find rest in his shelter. And it, taught, and it literally uses the word, find shelter in the shadow of the Almighty. And God, I knew in that moment God was speaking to me through his word. And he was saying, Hills, let me overshadow you and you'll be okay. And I asked him what that meant practically and what I needed to do in my times with him. And he showed me. And I almost forgot about it for three weeks. And then I went back and I had the operation and they said, actually, it was really small and it was caught early. And my first thought was, gosh, if I'd known that, I wouldn't have worried. And then I thought, actually, Lord, I didn't worry because you gave me your peace because you spoke to me and showed me what to do. So we need to be reading our Bibles. But if we're asking the Lord questions, when we read our Bibles and we read stuff in there and the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us, we will hear his voice. God can speak to you through nature. Do you walk down the street in the mornings or between your car and say, Lord, speak to me through something I see? Speak to me through something I see. You know, God spoke to me really clearly through a tree once about a change of season in my life. And it was so helpful to, to be able to process what was going on through that picture. Ask him, show me, Lord, through something I see. Speak to me. He'll speak to you through books that you're reading. You know, suddenly a line will leap off the page. And again, if you've been talking to him and asking him to speak to you, that line in the book or that phrase or that concept or whatever has a weight to it because you've been asking him to speak to you. And it will connect with something you've been uh, asking him about. He'll speak to you through other people. 
if you want to hear. You know, it's no good thinking, actually, if I'm going to go away and do my own thing anyway, but I'll just ask for some wisdom from somebody else. God won't speak to you like that. He'll speak to you if you want to hear him. But when you do want to hear him and you're asking to hear his voice, he will speak to you through other people as well. You'll suddenly find yourself having a conversation and you'll think, oh, that's what you were saying to me. Because that connects with what I'd been asking you. He'll speak to you through prophetic words. You know, that will be familiar to some of you. And he'll speak to you through your inner peace as well. You know, that sense of you just know that you have a peace or you don't have a peace about something if you've been asking him. You know, it's all connected to conversation, isn't it? God is a God of relationship. So what he says to us isn't generally random connected to nothing. It's connected to our dialogue with him. But we also need to be aware of, of I think, the two things that get, away, get in the way of us hearing God in our walk with him. And that is fear and unbelief. So when we're afraid of what God might say to us, you know, the classic, oh, if I ask him what he wants me to do with my life, he's going to send me off to Sudan or whatever, you know. <laughs> when we're afraid of what he might say, when we don't trust that he loves us and he wants the best for us and he's a good father and whatever he says is going to be for our blessing, when we're afraid, it shuts down our spirits and we can't hear what he's saying. And God doesn't just suddenly decide to speak in a different way because our spirit shut down, because our Holy, the Holy Spirit is within us. And that's where he speaks to us. And again, unbelief. You know, unbelief prevents you know, Jesus from moving because we receive by faith. It's faith that receives what God has for us. So if we don't trust him, if we don't expect him to speak when we're asking him to speak, and we think, oh, God's not going to speak to me. What does that say about what you think about God? You know, what does that say about what you think about him? You think he's got favourites, or you think he doesn't love you, or he doesn't treat you fairly, or he doesn't want the best for you. So if we bring unbelief to the party, we're not going to hear him speak. And so, you know, let's just be honest about our fear and our unbelief. And when you confess them, he's so merciful. He goes, great. You know, I work with weakness. My power's made perfect in weakness. So, you know, I make a habit of going, Lord, help me. <laughs> I confess my unbeliefs. I can confess my fear. Speak to me. Lastly, how do you know if something that you are hearing or sensing or is popping in is from God? You don't always. So let's just acknowledge that. We don't always. How do we find out? Well, often by acting on what we think we hear. You know, God often, you know, look, look in the Old Testament, so much, so many of the stories, he says something really weird, like, stand in the river and then I'll part it. Well, can you imagine how stupid they looked, you know, or could have looked if the river didn't part? Or Noah, build an ark. And all his mates were going, yeah, right, we haven't seen rain for however many years. Or Abraham, you know, God said, I'm going to give you a son, change your name to father of many. And he introduced himself everywhere he went, I'm the father of many. And everybody was going like, you haven't got any kids. You know, so often we find out what was God by acting on it. And we find out afterwards, not before. So we don't always know that it's God. You know, we, we walk by faith. But we can check it against the message, the message in his word. God will never contradict his word. So if, if, if his message makes you feel condemned, if, the, if what you think he's, he said to you makes you feel condemned, or it makes you feel... Um, afraid or whatever, you know, and it contradicts who God says he is, it's probably not him. Check it against a message. Check it against, check it with a mentor. 
a kind of character in your life that you trust that would have wisdom. You know, the Bible talks a lot about the counsel of other people. Check it with them. You're responsible for what you do with it. But, you know, I'll often go to friends or, you know, people in my church and say, what do you think about this? Check it with them. And remember, do you know what? Remember, God is merciful. He is so merciful. He wants us to hear his voice and he wants us to walk listening to his word. And we are going to make mistakes because we get better by practicing. And anybody who practices anything gets stuff wrong. But God is merciful and he uses all things for good. He uses our mistakes for good. So remember God's mercy and, you know, press in and keep, keep going and go for more. Be really intentional and deliberate and determined to hear God speaking to you more regularly. Ask him questions. Ask him to speak to you. Write down what you think he might be saying. Share it with other people. Because he wants to give you, I really believe he wants all of you to have an upgrade on hearing his voice. So we're going to put this into practice because, you know, one of the reasons God speaks to us, one of the ways he speaks to us is for each other as well. And I'm a firm believer of the more I want something, the more I have to give it away. It's a kingdom principle, isn't it? We receive in giving. And so God also speaks to us for each other. And the more I have learnt and, and, and pressed into hearing uh, hearing him speak for the sake of other people, the more I've learned to recognize his voice in my own life and vice versa. So I thought it would be fun to do something a bit different. Um, and so I wonder if there are three people here who'd love God to speak to them and who are willing to be guinea pigs. You don't have to do anything. You just have to come and stand up here and be um, a sort of allow other people to practice on you. Great. Would you like to come up? This lady and... Okay, come up. Thank you. Just come right up. And so we've got some bits of paper. And so what we're going to do, if you just come and stand... What's your name? Gillian. Gillian. Claire and... Natasha. Natasha. Gillian, Claire and Natasha. So Gillian, Claire and Natasha are going to stand here. And in a moment, I want to encourage all of you to have a go are inviting God to speak to you, to give you something to encourage them. So he might give you a Bible verse. He might give you a picture of a steaming cup of coffee and a lovely, gorgeous donut. He might give you just a word that you don't really understand. He might give you a picture that you don't really understand the relevance for, but it might be relevant to them. My husband has a thing with kingfishers. God speaks to him through kingfishers. And he was trying to make a really difficult decision um, a year ago. And a friend of mine who's who's wanting to practice hearing God um, had been praying for him. We didn't know this. And she had a picture of a kingfisher. She didn't know what it meant. She asked God, what does it mean? She had no idea. So she just texted him this message. I've just had a picture of a kingfisher. Sorry, I don't understand what it means. And she didn't know that, you know, he has this thing with God that when, when God wants to encourage him to take a step forward, he shows him, kingfisher so it might be you know a picture that you have that means nothing to you you might just have a sense of you know what God wants to say you know I think he wants to encourage you or you've been going through a difficult season but I think that season's going to change you know that's not a word from scripture it's just a sense that you have something that just pops in as you ask God to speak to you so I want you to ask God I'm going to give you a moment in a moment to ask God for something for one of these girls 
Before that, I'm going to ask you to ask him to draw your attention to one of them in particular. Okay, so you're, you're all only going to have one word for one of them. So I want you to ask him, okay, just now in the quiet, to draw your attention to one of them in particular and to which one, therefore, he wants, you, uh, he wants to speak to you about. Okay, so just do that in the quietness of your heart. Okay. And then, so I think we've got some bits of paper going around and some pens because they're very organized here. And so in a moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you, not very long, I'm going to give you three or four minutes to ask God for something for them. Again, I meant to say, you might want to actually look at them rather than close your eyes. Because sometimes my experience is that if I'm looking at them, I might say to God, and again, it's really helpful. I find it helpful to be specific with God. Give me a Bible verse for this person. Or give me a picture. Sometimes I've asked God, give me a picture of an animal and speak to them, you know, through an animal. Um, sometimes I look at somebody and I'll say, speak to me through what they're wearing. And then, and then God will draw my attention to their shoes or necklace. And I'll, I'll say, what are you saying through that? So God can speak to you in all kinds of ways. But I, what I want you to do is I want you to keep your rational brains away. So don't think, what do I know about this person? Or what would I love to hear or whatever? I want you... When we do this, I just want you to be absolutely still. Look at them if you want to or close your eyes and just see what pops in. And then I'm going to get you to write it down on a piece of paper. And then I'm going to get you to come up when you've done it and put your piece of paper in the bucket that is relevant to... So you don't put your name on it. Nobody's going to know which, you know, which is your word but we want you all to have a go. Come and put it in the bucket and then we will um, read them out and you can give a bit of feedback and, you know, God's going to speak to us. Okay? Is that clear? So I'm just going to pray and then you're going to listen to God. So Father, we thank you that you're a God who speaks. We thank you that you love to speak. We thank you that your word is powerful. We thank you that your word is creative. We thank you that your word encourages us, it strengthens us, and it comforts us. And Lord, we all want to grow in hearing your word more effectively. So open our ears now, Holy Spirit. Open our hearts to see and hear what it is that you want to say to us this evening for Gillian and for Claire and, sorry, I've forgotten, Natasha. Bless them and bless us and encourage us. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to give you three minutes. So often when I've been given, you know, a word or a sense, I've, I've, at the time I thought, I don't really know what that means, but I've held on to it and prayed, prayed about it. And then it'll, you know, three months later, I'll think, oh, Lord, you spoke about that then. So, you know, some of them will be from the Lord, but they won't mean anything to you at the moment. So I'm just going to read them out. You can keep these, but it'd be helpful for us to have a bit of feedback about them. So, no, just generally. I'll just, I'll just read through them and then you can. So the word today, okay, something about today. A strong tree with a firm root system anchored in solid ground. You're an oak. There's a picture of an oak on the back. Um, 
Gillian, a picture of sunshine, seaside and sandcastles, lots of joy. Maybe if you, if you two want to take a bucket each and then unfold them and then you can... Uh, you have a deep desire to feel the fire of the Holy Spirit. Be confident. Isaiah 41 verse 9. That's not written down, so I don't know what that one is. Faith and hope and a path will be made for you. A cloud and a rainbow. Your smile and open heart bring such joy to God. Don't ever doubt that he loves you. You're walking in green pastures beside still waters and there's calmness and a peacefulness about that. Something about your eyes. God wants to lead you on the waters. Your faith to grow stronger. Don't be afraid because I'm with you. You have a gentle spirit and I'm pleased with you. Does a woodpecker mean anything to you? We'll find out in a minute. Something about a violin. The blind will see. It's exciting. Psalm 53. Barbed wire fencing. Does the colour blue speak to you? I had the word jewellery ring. Does it mean a ring, a, a ring, a jewellery ring? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, a cream rose with thorns stripped off the sen, um, the stem, approachable and gentle. That's that word again. Psalm 139. The Lord has got your back. Be still and know that I'm God. A big red bus, London and football. Self-belief, stay true to yourself. You're strong. An oak tree reference. Use your knowledge and experience in life to stay firm. There's obviously something about firmness there. Words of a song, you're loved more than you know. Hold on. Banana. Great. It's really good to lob in the things that we don't know what they mean. An old song about a rose garden came. I never promised you a rose garden along with the sunshine, but there's going to be some rain sometime, I think that says. Here we go. Oh, a strong tree with a firm root system. I think I might have read that. A field full of bright yellow daffodils on a sunny day. So, does any, just give us a little bit of feedback. Does any of that mean anything? Does it resonate? There's a lot of references to plants and gardening. Yeah. really into. Great. Um, Yeah, I think there's a few of those. Brilliant, you're a nurse. Um, yeah, just being strong and being faithful. Yeah. So some of these resonated with you. Yeah. Well done, girls. Thank you. You can keep those. Do you want to just come and read a few of those out? I'll have them just whiz through them. It's just, yes, sorry. So whose bucket is this one? Yeah. I've got one that says your name is George. Oh, sorry. Here we are. 
Uh, I, I saw a picture of a gold chain. I believe God is saying you are an important link person. You're gifted in joining people together. Uh, you are my daughter. My heart sings over you. A boat to a destination. You're beautiful. Stand tall. Uh, your outward appearance is beautiful and bright. May your heart be at peace and trust in God for the fulfillment of resolving what's troubling you. I've loved you with an everlasting love and I will never ever leave you or forsake you. I felt that you have been waiting for something you've been asking God for. He's saying he hasn't forgotten the time is coming. Be radiant and stay true to yourself. Keep, look, keep looking. God is thrilled with the freshness and beauty of your spirit. Be encouraged. You will shine a light like the sun for the people around you. You will be a fisher of woman. women. Bless you. A picture of a rainbow and Psalm 7, verse 1. Lord my God, I take refuge in you. Come and deliver me from all who pursue me. A band of gold. Golden again. As the sun rises every day, a new day is dawning for you, full of new possibilities. A new song is sung. Behold, the old has gone. Life, peace, life pieces are being put into place. A new pattern is emerging. I am the great planner and designer. Rejoice. So I've, I'm not going to read all of these because there's lots of them, but there's, there's a few in here about pattern, you're you not being forgotten of singing and dancing. There's two or three of butterflies, which speaks of new life. There's a real, <laughs> there's a real resonance. No, it's, don't apologize. It's tears of joy. So clearly some of these really resonate within your, your heart. Mm. I'll definitely say things haven't been getting easy of late. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I guess things haven't really been easy of late. And so despite this yellow bright jumper, mm. perhaps been much the opposite. Yeah. Um, so it's actually... Um, really hopeful yeah. to hear those things. Yeah. And, and I'm very grateful. Yeah. So thank you. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Well done. Be encouraged. You're hearing the Lord. Yeah. So we're going to give you those. Thank you. So Claire, yeah. it's, it's your turn now. Um, having read quite a lot of them, definitely a lot about your eyes and a, there's a lot about light here uh, you're beautiful in my eyes open your eyes wide and seek me with all your heart this bucket of notes seems big tonight but it will be small compared to all God wants to speak to you in the future uh, one word James uh, peace peace I leave with you my peace I give you do not uh, be troubled uh, lift your head high. I love you with an everlasting love. A guitar. Look at the moon. It's a picture of the light of my love coming down on you. I'm always with you. I'm watching over you. I love you. Claire, you're at a crossroads, but God's going to show you the right way to go. 
be bold, be strong. Claire, you're a child of God. The way forward is clear. Squirrels storing nuts for winter. <laughs> Don't be anxious, cast all your cares on God. Cheetah, Claire, be strong and turn a corner, make a change. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Be still, for the power of the Lord is moving in this place. Raspberry canes, butterflies, on a mobile, mum. Claire, you're loved. Freedom. Let's see. Unique, have your own style. May the Lord shine his face upon you. God is good, Claire. Let go of the crutch you have been relying on. God is here. Spirit, lead me where my feet is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters. Claire, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Be bold and confident in all you are and all God has done in you. Don't be discouraged. There is no condemnation in Christ. Worker for God, a faithful servant. Yeah, there's another one here about confidence. Does any of that resonate with you? You don't have to say yes. This isn't about <laughs> making everyone feel... <laughs> I think when I stood up, I was thinking, oh, I've got um, some kind of decisions to make in terms of uh, work things. And I was like, oh, it would be great if somebody gave me a word that was really obviously a decision to make. Um, but I think in there was a reminder that um, you're kind of always making decisions, right? And um, it's your kind of framework of decision-making is, is always about where God is in that. Mm. Um, so it's not about making the right decision at the right time. It's about knowing that kind of mm. God is with you anyway. That yeah. was what I took from those yeah. words anyway. Great. And somebody had a picture of a crossroads in there and, and a few about a confidence. And, you know, that's putting your confidence, isn't it, in God to help you make that decision maybe. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Well, well done. It's not difficult, is it? Um, it's really not difficult. I mean, I know you know that, and, but God speaks to you and he wants to speak to you for you as well as to you for other people. Now, I know we're going to sing a song in a moment, aren't we? I just, have we got three minutes to pray? Yeah, three or four minutes to pray. So can I, let, let's stand because we're going to sing in a moment. This could be a bit of a silly question to ask, but is there anybody here this evening who would really love to hear from God? Maybe you are at a crossroads, a bit like Claire, or maybe there's something going on in your life and actually you, you came here this evening and you really thought, I would really love God to speak to me. If that's you, can you put your hand right up in the air? And then I just want those women around, so look around you where there's a hand up. I just want you to gather around the women with the hands up. And I want you to do what you've just done. And I want you just to ask God to give you a word or a picture or a verse for them. Okay, so keep your hands up. Just gather around them. You know, if you're near them, maybe, maybe you want, might want to move out of your seats and just find a friend with a hand up. And let's just pray for them and ask God to speak to us for them. Go for it. Pray your best, pray your best bold prayers. and ask God to give you something for them. <laughs> 